Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that, and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. Let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Welcome. Yes, welcome to the podcast that you didn't know you wanted. Two (laughs) 30-year-old men talking about the Princess Diaries. (laughs) Yeah, this is one of those reviews where Matt's like, well, you haven't seen it, I have. You should watch it. Kind of like I did with Roger Rabbit with him uh, and like he did with Wally and, and uh, Pinocchio. He's like, you really should watch it. It's just a great movie. So that is what we're doing today. We are reviewing The Princess Diaries. The reason that I've seen this movie so much is I, I have an older sister. That's my only sibling. She's three years older than I am. So that meant pretty much she I, I did whatever she did. And um, because she was the oldest, she often made a lot of the decisions on what we were going to do. And being the person that I am, I just kind of followed along. So this was a movie that um, came out in um, 2001. So I was 11-ish. She was 14-ish. And my sister really liked. And so I ended up watching it quite a lot. Um, So Casey, what did you think of this movie? Well, Matt, um, (laughs) I am going to be very honest and upfront and and tell you that I am not, not, not a fan of this movie in any way, shape or form. Um, Really? What was was your problem? So when you think about movies that came out of that era, and I'm talking the, you know, 97 to 2002 era, there is a very certain type of movie feel, a very type, a very certain type of just overall feel of the movie. I'm talking the the American Pie type. It's 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 very cliched high school, very over the top. This is just a sanitized version of that from my perspective. I know it's a rated G movie. I know Gary Marshall set out to kind of. I, I read up on it, and you know he he set out to kind of create a very family friendly feel good lift you up kind of movie but watching it for the first time as i did yesterday 30 minutes in i wanted to turn it off i was so bored i was so so bored with it and and there's a number of reasons why and i think we can get into them i think that 
the the one bright spot of the movie I really do feel is Julie Andrews' performance as the grandmother and as the queen. It's great to see her. You can almost close your eyes and hear Mary Poppins come out of her voice or come out, you know, come out. But other than that, I just I had a really hard time buying the plot. I had a even harder time buying the bad kids, the villains, if you will, and an even harder time believing that Mandy Moore could be a bad person at all. Like that, like that, that was hard enough believing that she could be as evil as she came across. And then I think part of the other things that is, you know, some of the characters or some of the actors that played the characters, I know them from other stuff. Like Lily, for example, she actually plays randy's sister in scream three uh and she plays this hugely specific thing to remember her from i remembered her from that because she she takes over for randy who you know was this i don't know if you've ever seen the scream franchise but it's all about you know movie horror horror movies and 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 murder films and slasher films and stuff and lily takes over for him and she's a very gothic type chick in that movie and then to see her in this movie which would have come out a couple years before that she also kind of had that gothic vibe without the gothic clothes which was really popular in that during that time so it was just it kept i kept coming out of the world of the movie yeah okay i hear you on that and I mean, so first let me say julie andrews is clearly the the like shining star yes, in this entire agreed. movie her her performance as like this queen character is is extremely well done but i mean honestly what did we expect from julie andrews mm-hmm. uh, I, I i do think that obviously you are not the target audience for this movie i mean this is a teen coming of age story it's not meant for uh 30 year old men um so correct yep um, i agree so I mean, having this been, you know, the reason I think I have I have some more love for it is there is some nostalgia there. I saw it when I was eleven, and so mm-hmm. the idea of a coming of age story was much more impactful to me at that time. And there's some nostalgia there for me. Whereas had I watched it, had I watched it for the first time, you know, four or five days ago, yeah, I I I can see where you where <laughs> that maybe this might not be your favorite movie. So I think one of the reason why one of the reasons why I kind of have this this just kind of negative tone to the movie is the entire time and I just looked at my notes the entire movie until the final third of the movie when she finally and even then the final thirds even a little bit you don't get this up until the point when when Joe picks her up in the Mustang at the end and they go and she makes her decision to to be the princess up until that point the entire time I was nervous the whole movie. I felt anxious the entire movie I, about, about her messing up, about her clumsiness, about her being made fun of. And I don't know, you know, I was talking to somebody else, you know, our mutual friend, Peter, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, I was telling him, giving him kind of a sneak peek about what I was going to talk about. And I think for me, you know, this was made in 2001, or this was, debuted in 2001 was probably shot in 2000 2001 i was in high school i was her i i was a very clumsy awkward high school junior and senior you know i even in my senior year i came out of my shell a little bit but i was still clumsy i was still awkward i didn't have a lot of friends i got made fun of a lot and i'm just wondering if some of those feelings came back to me because that is what high school was like for me 
And, and, you know, I didn't get to be a princess clearly, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I'm wondering if, if, if that could be some of it, is it just brought back some negative emotions for me? And I'm wondering if that could be why I had, had the response that I had. Interesting. You almost had nostalgia for it in, in, in bad ways. So like both of us are yeah. having nostalgia. I'm having the good version and you're having the bad version. I mean, there were, there were good points and I know you're going to kind of, kind of jump into kind of a little bit of a convince me here, which I'm, I'm, I've got some good points and I'm, I bet you some of the same ones you have, I have too, but overall, I just couldn't shake this feeling of, of dread and anxiousness and nervousness watching the movie up until the final 20 minutes or so. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this movie that in reading up more on it, um, it kind of launched two careers. You know, you mentioned um, Mandy Moore. This was her uh-huh. first movie. Th- this is it. She's not in movies before this. And now, of mm-hmm. course, she's in. She's everywhere. Uh, she's a, a, a great actress. She's you. Disney fans know her probably best as the voice of Rapunzel from Tangled. And then Anne Hathaway, too. Um, the she plays Mia, the main character. This was her first kind of big break as well. So this is an mm-hmm. interesting movie that kind of launched two careers almost and kind of showed yeah. that that Hathaway can have a big big box office appeal. So I, I just think that that's really interesting. What a what a strange movie to launch these two actresses' careers in in that are that are it's the same movie. It it, it just that's just yeah. wild to me. What well, I had heard I too think, that they had that they had auditioned several people for the part of of Mia and actually even Christy Carlson Romano who we know from even Stevens she was even considered a heavy favorite but the reason why she didn't end up doing it is the schedule um interfered with her even Stevens schedule so imagine how much different it would have been for her and her career had she launched in this movie because I know it was a commercial success I mean I know it was popular um so you know it obviously had some lasting impact but yeah they interviewed a lot of people or not interviewed auditioned a lot of people for this part mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you know we talked in the onward episode um while back one of the th- reasons why I didn't like love that movie was there weren't a ton of compelling side characters and mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that that's the big thing that this movie give, gives me that that makes me really love it is there's all these really great moments with her neighbor, Mr. Robitussin, where he's writing his soap opera and um, his conversation with Joe. And then you have the scene with the vice principal where the queen comes into her office and she's just like fawning over her. And then you have the scene mm-hmm. with Paolo and his whole stuff. Like it, these are characters that are in the film for, you know, two to five minutes, but still feel like there's some lasting impression there. Did you have like a side character that you really, really liked? Oh, I really enjoyed Joe. So I'm, I'm the type of person when I watch movies, I do have a tendency to go, how do I know that person? Where have I seen that person before? So Joe actually, just as a fun little side, uh, his, his actor, the actor who played him, he actually played, um, Dr. Loomis in the Halloween, uh, reprise that Rob Zombie did, uh, about 10 years ago. He played Dr. Loomis, um, because Donald Pleasant was no longer around, obviously, because he had passed away. So that was interesting. There's a lot of horror or connections to this movie strangely it's really weird um i did like joe i think joe in fact joe 
when he he tells Mia, you know, no one can make you feel inferior without your concern uh, consent. That's the Eleanor Roosevelt line. I love that. I love that he kind of he almost played the Jiminy Cricket, the conscience in this movie, yeah. which I thought yeah, was really absolutely. well done. Um, you mentioned <laughs> Mr. Robitus, and first of all, what a name, right? I I, <laughs> I I I heard her say that. I'm like, did she just say Mr. Robitus in like the cough medicine? Um, apparently that's <laughs> what it is. Thought the character was kind of meh. I wasn't a big fan. I did not like Lily at all. Uh, Lily annoyed the heck out of me. <laughs> like she whined so much in that movie. I did like the vice principal. I thought she was really well done. Charlotte and cracked me up. Charlotte is, um, that's uh, Gary Marshall who directed this. That's his daughter. Oh, that's his, you're right. That is. Yeah. Charlotte, her assistant and a bunch of the other kind of people that interact around the Genovian embassy type area are just, it's, it's a fun crew. It, it seems like a fun place. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy, I, I did think the dinner scene was fun. I really enjoyed that where, you know, she sets the guy's arm on fire and, and then eventually everybody starts laughing. So it makes the queen feel, but even during that dinner scene, I couldn't escape the feeling of nervousness, the feeling of anxiousness of, Oh my God, how is she going to like, you just knew that, somehow she was going to mess it up. You just knew it was coming. Um, I did enjoy, (laughs) I enjoyed the scene where she's in the back of the limo and he keeps going, going up, (laughs) going down. (laughs) And she keeps falling. You know, she's trying to put her pantyhose on and stuff. I thought that was good. Um, And then that ends with Joe saying, I've never put on pantyhose. Yes. It sounds dangerous. (laughs) Yes, I just I think that that he was the conscience of the movie, which was really well done. Her reveal when 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 uh, uh, Apollo turns her around and shows her and with her new hairdo and the way she's all done up, that was a gorgeous review reveal. I thought that was very well done. And and the actor who played Apollo too played it perfectly because he always plays like the dad type in a lot of movies of that. Like I'm trying to think of some of the other where, where he played like a dad in some nineties movies like that before. And to see him play this, this hairdresser just cracked me up. <laughs> I love, you know, who, you know, who my favorite side character was though. Who's that? The gym teacher. I loved the gym teacher. Really? Yep. She was, in my opinion, the unsung hero. She was looking out for Mia the whole time. She just kind of appeared out of nowhere every time Mia got in trouble. Did you did you notice that? Like every yeah. time Mia yeah, Mia found herself in trouble. Come on, Mia, I'm gonna you know, she she just she and she and she she was there to motivate Mia, you know, and then at the end when Mia gets to 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 hit the ball and you know hits her right into <laughs> into Josh's, you know what? That was just, I was like, Yeah, you know, I was like really happy that that happened. Yeah. Like, you get what, you get what's coming. He was a slime ball, by the way. Don't oh, get me wrong. I I absolutely love um, Eric Von Detten. Like I had a crush on him when I was like you know in high school because he was in Brink. He was in all those. I had a crush on him before I even knew I had a crush on him. So like uh, he, he I've always loved Eric Von Detten, but like he played a slime ball in this movie. Like he was he. You know who he is? You know who he voices? No, I don't. He voices Sid from Toy Story. Really? He voiced him originally when when uh the original Toy Story and then he came back when Sid was the garbage man and revoiced him as a cameo. No way. My yep. mind <laughs> Yeah, I as I was researching it last night, I looked that up, I said, 
what? Whoa. But yeah. If you listen, if you listen to Sid's laugh, you can, you can kind of hear it. It's, be- it's before his voice changed, but yeah, it's, it's Eric Von Dutton, Von Dutton. Why Sid? Ooh, sure is a hairy fella. No, no, that's Scud, you idiot. That is Sid. That is mind-boggling. Holy cow. All right, I'm gonna need to recover. What else you got? I need to recover from this news. Um, I think, you know, just a couple of other positive points. I do love when Mia stands up for herself and cones Lana. Uh, and they coined the phrase, Lana got coned, Lana got coned. I just, yeah, that, that was good. And then, you know, I loved how she got her foot pop at the end. I think I'm so glad that, and it was a Jake, I think his name was, or, or whoever Michael. the, the Michael. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just, I'm really glad to see that the, you know, and again, that's very stereotypical of that kind of movie of that time. The, the, the loser geeky kid, you know, he, he kind of comes into his own, but you know, what I did like about him is he didn't really, he really wasn't a loser in the movie. He didn't come across as like, I think of all the characters, all the side characters that were the kids, he was probably the one that was least stereotypical. Yeah. Cause he, um, cause feel, he wasn't your, your usual loser. Like no. you, you see him in the shop of, of, of this car fixing place. And he's just, he's just not a popular kid. It, it, and which yeah. is normal. He wasn't, he, he wasn't popular, but he also wasn't picked on, you know, like he just, he was, he was a wallflower, I think in a lot of ways. Right. And the other kids, you know, I have this in my notes. They were the, all the bad kids, Lana, Fontana, Milana, Montana, whoever they were. <laughs> They all seemed a little over the top. Like even the, 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 the song on the beach, like I think that's what it was too campy for me. Like it was just, it was, it was like they made that scene to make sure Mandy Moore could sing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, you know, it, it, there definitely may have been a little bit of that. Um, you know, I, you never know what, what direction directors want to go. And, and even yeah. like that whole scene, to be honest with you, that scene, whole scene does kind of confuse me. Because, like, is this a school event? Like, I mean, clearly yeah. you can tell we are Midwest people because the idea of, like, s- school goes to a beach? What? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but that, that, that's just kind of a weird uh, – that, that is kind of just a scene I never really understood as a kid and probably still don't understand it as an adult. Um, well, and, like, you know, the other, the other thing about it, too, is the plot point – like, Mia's plot point was fine. The plot point of the Mean Girls, if you will, and the plot point of Josh, they were a lot less clear. Like, Josh at first, I didn't think was such a bad guy. Like, he helped her out with the trying to block the soccer balls, right? And even when they get into the little shack on the beach there... And it really wasn't until he puts his foot up and say, I want a foot massage. Then I'm like, what a slime ball. But up until that point, he, it genuinely seemed like he was trying to look out for her best interest. And then all of a sudden that just changed on a dime. Like it was such a quick turnaround for his character. It didn't make any sense. Hmm, Interesting. So it does seem like while you didn't necessarily care for the movie, there were a lot of things that you really enjoyed about it. There were individual points where I did find myself laughing. And again, the final third of the movie, I would say, or final 20, maybe final quarter of the movie, I was much happier with than the front 75. The first 30 minutes, I almost texted you and said, Matt, I can't do this movie. Like, I, I was I was that close <laughs> to texting you and going, 
I, I can't do this. But I, I stuck through it, and I'm glad I did. The final 25, 28% of the movie, 30% of the movie, I think really made up for it. I, I think overall I felt like there was just so much going on with it that there was no – it had a really hard time it was very, it wasn't organized chaos. It was just chaos from my perspective. So my question is, I mean, uh, basically, would you recommend that someone watch this movie? You know, you're in the mood for something a little bit different. You're, you're looking on Disney plus for something that you haven't seen a thousand times or that something that's not animated or different. Is this something that you would could, like consider recommending to someone to the right person? Or would you just say, nah, just avoid this? I would tell Disney right now if Bob Iger or Bob Chapek was sitting in front of me to put this movie in the vault and never release it ever again. Really? Yep. It is on a, on a scale of one to 10. I put this movie at a, at a, at a one. Like if I could give it a zero, I would, it, it was just not a good movie. Like, and I know even, for a lot like, of people, Julie Andrews performance doesn't like redeem it to where like it's at least watchable for that performance. No, because you cringe the rest of the time around Julie Andrews. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't have the. Okay, maybe saying it to go in the vaults a little harsh because there are people like you who have such a nostalgia for it. But for me, it, it's 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 not rewatchable. It's it it it's it's not even something I would put on for background noise. It's not. You know, when I think about what I recommend something to somebody to watch, you know. It, it doesn't even scream Disney to me. Like, that's what's so weird about this. I cannot believe Disney put this out. It doesn't have that Disney, whatever you want to call it, that Disney vibe that a lot of the live action, like, you know, uh, Enchanted had. That screamed Disney to me. This was not Disney. This could have been put out by Warner Brothers. This could have been put out by any Nickelodeon. I mean, th- this screamed Nickelodeon to me, like Nickelodeon level production. It just was not, yeah, it just, it was not, and it's not one that I enjoy. And I think the problem I don't, the reason why I don't think I would recommend it is I don't think it's relatable to today's generation at all. I don't think children who are that age, you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds now would be able to relate to the high schoolers of that generation, just like they can't relate to an American pie, right? Or they can't relate to the high schoolers, you know, like Saved by the Bell. Like there's a Saved by the Bell reboot coming out. I don't know if you saw the trailer for that or not, but there's a Saved by the Bell reboot coming out. And it's going to be vastly different because what kids go through in school nowadays is nothing like what these these kids were like. You don't have that ditzy high school cheerleader who's mean to everybody because she's popular in most high schools you know we've done a really good job as a society kind of in a lot of ways you know stomping out bullying and things like that it's still there don't get me wrong but it doesn't it doesn't age well it it, it it, very much is a you 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 watch it you go this was clearly made in the late 90s early 2000s and i mean you look at the the one character jeremiah who has the apple computer that's like clearly apple computer and he was a fun character by the way i did like him (laughs) he reminded me a lot of he reminded me a lot of me when i was in in high school you know i was picked on and i had really weird hobbies and and i was the computer nerd and Mm -hmm. he he kind of and i'd like magic too which i thought was really cool but yeah yeah, i just so you know again if i was to give this a score one out of ten this clearly is a one for me i would give it a zero if if we could but i'm gonna stick with our one to ten scale this was i will never ever ever watch this movie ever again i will purposely skip by it (laughs) so so what you're saying is we're not gonna review princess diaries 2 a royal engagement 
oh, please don't make me sit through that unless you're really trying to punish me. Like, if we are that pressed for episode ideas, we might as well just stop the show at that point. <laughs> Chris Pine um, is it. Chris Pine's a great actor. Oh, my Lord. Well, again, great actors, whatever. But now I just, again, to those people, and I want to make sure I'm very clear. To those of you who like the movie, awesome. I mean, I am not criticizing your taste. Again, for some people, this movie is nostalgic. This movie is something they grew up on. But for somebody who's never seen it, save yourself the trouble. Find something else on Disney+. Plus. This is you go find ten things I hate about you, <laughs> like that, that. That's that's this is kind of where I put that at. But ten things I hate about you is a much better movie. Uh, you know, I just, well, and, just and again, like we 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 admitted this at the beginning of the episode. Like we are not the target demographic for this. Oh. So even like and even my review of it because I have the nostalgia from when I was young is very seriously flawed because I obviously have more fond memories of this movie. But yeah, we are clearly not the target target demographic of it so if if it's a movie that you were like i don't know if i should check that one out i don't know if i would like it if you're not us you might like it maybe yeah especially if you're again if you like that campy 90s style you very well might again it is what it is that i say hard pass for me matt says give it a go you know we're not always going to agree and like you said before we started recording matt you know we're not always going to agree on these things the show would be boring as can be if we always agreed on on some of the stuff so matt i think it's closing time what do you think yep i think that about wraps it up here at the beers and ears podcast um casey why don't you uh, uh let us know where they can find us absolutely so you can find us uh you can email us at beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook by searching beers and ears podcast you can also find us on twitter and instagram beers ears 1928 uh let us know what your thoughts are have you seen the movie do you like the movie uh let us know what you think and uh yeah that's where you can find us and we have new episodes coming out every tuesdays and fridays so check back every tuesday and friday for a new episodes of uh, the beers and ears podcast absolutely well, i think that about wraps it up from here uh yep. we'll see you next time folks thanks for joining us have a great day everybody thank you